0: From the Financial Times in London, I'm Chris Nuttall, and this is FT News. Google's big bet on computers that can teach themselves is about to face its most significant examination. One of its latest products, an intelligent digital assistant, is intended to usher in a more natural and intelligent form of human-computer interaction, based on the use of everyday language. The feature, called Assistant, will appear in a range of Google products and services in the coming weeks and months. It aims to steal users away from rival ventures like Amazon's voice-activated home device Echo, Apple's smart assistant Siri, and Facebook's widely used messaging services Messenger and WhatsApp. On the line with me to discuss this is Richard Waters in San Francisco. Hi Richard, we've heard from you today about Allo, a new Google product.
1: Does this have Google Assistant in it? Yeah, so this is a messaging app that for Google is a very significant kind of play because Google has tried for years to come up with a mobile messaging service that people are going to want to use in large numbers and they've failed. Facebook really owns that market. So for Google, they're trying to do two things. They're trying to introduce this service that you're actually going to switch away from all the things you currently use for, which is a bit of a stretch, And they're planting in it this intelligent assistant, hoping that somehow the fact that you can do things from inside messaging, you can do internet searches, when you're chatting to a friend, you can, maybe the two of you together can look up restaurants you might want to go to and book a table, that kind of thing, will somehow kind of draw you into a Google Messenger. I think it's a bit of a stretch from what we've seen right now, but that's the aim.
0: And is something else being planted in there? We're seeing the whistleblower Edward Snowden tweeting that you shouldn't use Allo because there's an aspect of surveillance in there. Does he have a point?
1: The really interesting thing for Google is that for them to deliver these really intelligent services, they need to know you. They need to understand a lot more about you, even than they do already through their existing services. For instance, They want to understand how you talk, because the way that this Allo service works is it suggests things for you to say. So if a friend asks you something on a messenger, your service will say to you, it'll suggest four or five things you might want to say in response. So you won't have to even bother typing. You can just hit one of those buttons. So for Google to be able to do that, they really need to understand more about the kind of things you say and how and when you're likely to say them. So they are going to keep a lot of information about you. They're going to keep your entire messaging history so that they can plumb that and get to know you better. So there's a real tension inside Google between privacy on the one hand and usefulness and personalization on the other. Google's always, as we know, swung towards the usefulness and at the risk of being seen as not very private. And it's brought Edward Snowden down on them today.
0: And Google does seem to be playing catch-up a little in this sphere. What advantages does it have in trying to catch up with its rivals?
1: Well, the one really big advantage it has, it probably won't be able to use, that is the Android smartphone system. So most smartphone users are on Android. That means they use Google services, they do their searches, they look at Google Maps. I mean, this is, you know, the channel for a lot of Google's income. Now, if Google were to put... Allo, their messaging service, on the home screen of all Android devices so that every Android user had it there in their face. That would be a way to promote it. However, European regulators are already targeting Google over how they use Android and how they're using their mobile position to squeeze out other services. So this would be the most obvious way for them to get an audience. Um, It would also, certainly at least in Europe, guarantee them an antitrust action.
0: Okay, well, Aloe could be one um, point of controversy then, but where else can we see Assistant cropping up then over the next
1: few months? I think the next version we're going to see is going to be a voice response system, a voice-activated system, you know, things without screens that you can talk to. So the next thing that we're expecting Google to do is launch something called Google Home that they've talked about, and it's a box that sits somewhere around your home with a speaker and a microphone. It's listening all the time. You ask it things and it responds. And it's exactly what Amazon has done with the Amazon Echo. You can search for things, you can buy things, you can order a taxi, whatever. And this will just be pure voice. I think that's next. I think that will also then get planted into Google phones. There's been a lot of talk of a Google branded phone, the first Google phone, that's also likely to be coming out this autumn. So this intelligent agent will start popping up all over.
0: And the catchphrase now for this seems to be conversational AI or or machine learning. How conversational is it going to be, though? Is it still at a very basic level?
1: It's extremely basic. The difficult things for computers is language. You know, one of the most difficult things for computers. To humans, it's just so deceptively simple. I think the problem we have is that when we talk to machines that answer us back, we assume a much higher level of intelligence than they actually have. It's very easy to impute some kind of human-like quality onto any kind of machine that starts to talk to you or respond to you. However, the limits on these machines are extreme. And so once you get beyond a very narrowly scripted area where it can maybe understand a few linguistic tricks beyond a very straight script, once you get beyond that, these systems aren't very useful. So it'll be easier and better, for instance, than listening to one of those telephone answering systems that offers you seven options and you have to press a button. It's definitely a big leap forward from that, but it's still a long way from real human interaction.
0: And do you feel that consumers are getting more comfortable with this kind of interaction? Is there evidence out there that they do want to have conversations with machines?
1: Yeah, this has crept up on us actually much quicker than I would have expected Apple's Siri, you know, was a gimmick when it was launched in the iPhone five years ago. And Apple are now saying that 2 billion requests a week are going through Siri. So that means a lot of people are using it in their everyday lives. Google has had voice-activated search in their phones for a long time. And I don't know many people who use it constantly, but Google now say that 20% of all their searches on Android phones in the US are spoken, their voice searches. So, you know, these things have reached a point where... They are still in the minority, but these are very widely used services. And so all the big tech companies think the moment has come to push them much further forward.
0: Okay, Richard, well, thanks for answering our questions in this. What was a very human conversation, anyway, for now. Thank you.
1: Good to talk to you.